You're listening to the Homeboys Podcast, recorded in our Indiana office and with combined 40 years of experience. Here's your hosts, Clint and Scott. Hey, everybody. You're with the Homeboys and the Homeboys Podcast. My name is Clint Weatherill. I'm your host today. I'm here with my delightful co-host, Mr. Scott Adams. How are you today? Couldn't be better. Yeah, I had a little damn inspection this morning. Your HOA, right? Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, what's involved in a dam inspection? Is there any dam bait <laughs> involved? No. Yeah, I thought that was Austin Powers last night when you said that. No, National Lampoons. Yeah, yeah. National Lampoons. Cousin, Cousin Eddie? Cousin Eddie, man. Um, I don't know. It's it's uh, overly paid civil engineer coming out with a pokey stick and poking around in the dirt around the dam. And Well, I knew you were looking for a new project. Oh, yeah. So it's good that uh, you can be involved yeah. in your... Your HOA. I walked uh, around hoping, you know, I always believe I can learn, you know, anything in life. But, I mean. It, you gen- are a sponge. Yeah. I try. I to mean be, that sincerely. Yeah, I try mm-hmm. to be. I'm a, I'm a curious pers- yep. person by nature. But, you know, after about, you know, I don't know, two-thirds of the dam of him just poking mm-hmm. a stick and going, yeah, uh, I, I bounced. You know, <laughs> I'd seen enough. <laughs> you know, speaking of you being a sponge. We haven't talked about this, but I went to dinner last night with a good friend of mine that you happen to know very well. Mm-hmm. His name's Holt, childhood friend of mine. And uh, he was asking me some vaccine questions about the COVID vaccine. Yeah. And, um, you know, I told him, you know, that I've been vaccinated, but you know, I've talked to a lot of people that are anti-vaccine. Sure. And he's like, well, what, what, what did it for you? And I was like, you know, I pretty much just listened to whatever Scott said. <laughs> Because I know he reads up a lot about, you know, everything in general Mm -hmm. and is a sponge. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if you knew that, but literally like any questions that I had about the vaccine were kind of answered just because I just took your word for it. So I'm I'm honored. But yeah, I'm I'm weird. I don't like watching news to get information. I'm I'm a data geek. And so I go to sources, you know, I go to Johns Hopkins website and mm-hmm. read the New England Journal of Medicine and other weird stuff. So, but you do read a lot of stuff. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I, I mean that, you know, uh, very fondly, <laughs> you know, I think that that's a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it actually brings that into our business a lot too, because, well, you know, you're pretty uh, up to date on some of the news. And, right. You know, some of that. And, you know, I don't watch news. Right. You know, it's it's Cinderella, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Toy Story, you know, at uh, at my house. Which well, I didn't. A lot get, more happy. I would never get that vaccine. So I hope you don't grow a third arm because I don't know if I told you this, but I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to die. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we all know where we're going. You know, right. We do. You know, we so. do. But, uh, but anyhow, before we get into the, the podcast, the, the meat and potatoes of the podcast, please hit subscribe. Be ready for our future podcasts and other content that we're going to be putting out there. We're actually going to bring you into our world a lot more and some future content that we're providing, going out to houses, looking at things, and just showing you what we're doing. So please hit subscribe. Continue to, to listen to us. We love um, you know, hearing from you as well. So please feel free to hit us with a comment or email us, whatever. But today we're going to try to break it uh, down kind of like the entry level. Mm-hmm. So we are going to talk about picking a house, you know, finding the, you know, what makes the, a house the right one to invest in. We're not going to be talking about anything commercial. Um, we're not going to be really talking about multifamily. Let's just keep it to picking a house. Sure. And I think that, 
you are kind of the acquisitions expert in our office. I think that you bring a lot of that. So I'm going to, I'm just going to turn it over, you know, to you a little bit, but say we're, you're analyzing properties, you're going through the MLS, whatever it is that you're doing to find houses, what, where do you start? Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you, we've talked about kind of the most important things and, you know, we hold them true no matter what, whether you're us out there buying foreclosures and, and fixing them up and providing them to clients or whether you're the client uh, purchasing a finished product that you're able to just hit the ground running with a rental. You know, some of the things hold true with, with no matter what it is, which is location, location, location. You got to start there, right? That's where you start. Yep. I mean, it's, we've talked about it at length, how important that is. Um, People get sick of hearing it, you know. Yeah. You know, first rule of real estate: location, so location, location. But I, I mean, it is what it is. I it's, know. Uh, you know, we've you got areas that you just don't go to, and you know, you being in this for twenty three years, I believe. Or mm-hmm. I'm like I started at age two, and I'm twenty five now. So you got an early start. Yeah, you got an early start. That's good. <laughs> But uh, is it hot in here? But you know, we've watched you know uh, people here locally, you know, five different cycles of people trying to make turd properties in bad areas work, right? And it it doesn't work, right? You With know, one exception, Fountain Square, Indiana, um, and right off of downtown. Uh, in my early career, was absolute garbage. Um, yeah. And somehow that turned around, but that's a rarity that that a whole. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. I'll be the first to say that oh, I, I missed it. You know, people were buying down there, and I said, "Man, they're crazy." There's you know crack deals going on next door, right. and but I mean, heck, I was just uh, you know down there just uh, a little while back. You know, I had some friends in town, and you know that's where they wanted to go. Right. I've got some friends that don't have kids, and like so they're like into like the cool hip stuff. Sure. So like they're like right. you know, Fountain Square, you know it's. Uh, duck pin bowling and video arcades that they have down there, right. like in bars and stuff. It's really cool, but uh, but like really the sidewalks and everything down there. But but you're right that that is kind of the exception, right. um, you know, not the rule. But you know, going back to going back to location, kind of pinpoint, and we can keep it Indianapolis specific if you want or however you want to do it. You know, but where do you where do you start with location? What are you looking for? Well, we like to you know there, there's a few ways you can you can slice this up and it all comes down to the same thing. And and one of the ways to describe it would be, would you send your mom over to that house after dark? You know, would you feel comfortable if your mom pulled up in the car, parked in the street and walked up to your front door if you were living there? You know, there, there's a test for us that we, you know, if, if I just passed on a, your mom joke, by the way, I just, I'm just in a little, just not even go there. I'm disappointed at you. I'm disappointed. <laughs> it's, it is open season in our office for your mom jokes, yeah. but uh, but no, go, go all ahead. right. But, so, but no, I think you're right. I yeah. think you know. I mean, it just it just speaks to safety, and you know, and even you know, you break it down to like our staff. We have some female leasing agents, and even really with the guys, you know, I think we're a little bit more protective of women in, jo- of course. in general because I feel that chivalry is not dead, and you feel the same way. I do, but. You know, we don't want our staff going to, you know, these same, you know, type of areas either. I, heck, I don't want to go to them. No, you know? I don't. I don't want to deal with that. In my early career, that's all I focused on was this, you know, bad stuff. And we've talked about, you know, our early careers at length and, and the mistakes we've made. And and uh, it was a big mistake um, in, in all those areas. It just doesn't work. I would rather have the absolute worst property 
in the best area than the best property in the worst area. 10 times out of 10. Early on in your career, did you have like a trench coat on with like double shotguns underneath? Yeah. Of a, <laughs> I carried a police badge. I told you that. You did tell me that. I used to wear a police badge to go in to my own houses and I would yell the same thing. You know what I would yell, mm -hmm. right? You remember? So I would yell health department because it seemed kind of non-threatening, but you're still official enough where maybe they won't murder mm -hmm. you right yeah. away, you know, versus landlord, you know, boom. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You don't want, you don't want that. No, you know, it's uh, I've had to have the police accompany me through quite a few homes over the years. Right. You know, we're, you and I aren't in the homes as much, you know, here lately, but I'm going back, you know, 15 years or so, but it seemed like every time I think they were trained to shout police. And then they would always say, make yourself known <laughs> police, make, make yourself, yourself known. known. Yeah. Wild. And we'd walk through there and, the reality is, you know, we, a lot of times when you have squatters, they're 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 nonviolent. They're nonviolent people. Right. Um, they're either drug addicts or just looking for a roof over their roof over their head. Yeah. But, at the same time, they're they could feel cornered in there, mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of these folks are in really bad situations who would end up, you know, just imagine yourself what it would take for you to reach that point where you're you're literally, you know, sheltering yourself in in some random place. It's it's there. There's a lot of genuinely tough situations that cause that and you just don't want them to feel cornered and, and to escalate and cause something but that's something that we don't have to worry about and you shouldn't either because you should not invest in the properties that are in those kind of areas that these kinds of things are common now it doesn't mean that it couldn't happen anywhere no matter where you mm -hmm. invest anything's possible i mean we've been around real estate long enough where i feel like we've seen it all and it all can happen in any level of property however it's it's much less likely if you focus on locations where you would want to live, where you would feel comfortable with your mom going after dark. Um, you know, that's just the simplest way to explain it. So let me play devil's advocate a little bit, and that will segue into kind of like our, our next, you know, parameter for, for assessing a house. But what if I said, Dr. Adams, but the, the area that you say is a bad area, I can get a lot higher return. You know, I'm, I'm running my numbers and the rent numbers that I see versus my purchase price and my rehab costs. My cap rate is so much higher in this area than where you're telling me, you know, I, I should be investing. What's your response to that? I will give you a million dollars if you can prove that true with actual cash in your checking account. I'm, I, I understand on a piece of paper it will show that. But in reality, it will never be that. It simply will not. And I smile because... That is something we we deal with literally every week for right. a decade, you know, people saying this. And, you know, I, I'm very um, I'm, I'm very vocal about it, even to our customers. I think they appreciate it. You know, I, sure. we talk, I talk about that Tommy Boy clip, you know, uh, where, you know, if, if you want me to take a dump in a box and market guarantee, I will. But in the meantime, if you want to buy a, a quality product, you know, come see, come see us. Right. It's just... It doesn't. It doesn't work. You're gonna. You're gonna be looking for um, a tenant, and your 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 pool of quality tenants just shrinks to almost nothing. You know, depending on the area, and no matter how much you think that you can make it work, you have to go back and and realize that there are fifty people that have tried to make it work with that house before you, and they've all failed. So some very you know, intelligent, hardworking. You know, people um, 
who I respected early in my career believed they could make this work and I watched them all fail at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very lucky to have been exposed to some of the folks that I was exposed to early in my career because they're highly intelligent, hardworking, um, and they got seduced by those mm-hmm. pieces of paper and they themselves did it and I did too. Um, but it does not work. I've seen a bunch of TikTok videos where people are making it work these days. <laughs> yeah. I think they yeah. live in their parents' basements, but yet they've, 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 yeah. they've made it work. It you know, drives me nuts to see some of this stuff yeah. that, you know, that, that, that people they, put out there. Yeah, they that, pull up in their Mercedes and they do a flashy video about, you know, they bought this house for 15000 They put this in it. It's worth this. You know, good luck over a long term making that property perform. It, it sucks. It sucks for us at, that the real, the way to get wealthy in real estate is so boring because it's not as flashy and attractive to a lot of folks. But the true way to build wealth is really boring, sadly. It's, it's about buying boring houses in good areas and just letting them rent and pay for themselves over time and pay themselves off. It's not sexy. There's going to be other stuff over here. Flash, flash, flash. Come by me. Look at these returns. You know, it, it's too bad that we can't somehow make the same flash. Should we do like a fireworks show behind all our houses and Absolutely. shoot videos of them and Absolutely. say, rent, buy here. Rent Lambos. Yeah, rent and Ferraris. Free Lambo. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen this. We say that we saw, we know of a person that used to put, advertise a free Lamborghini. It's just all this It's all just this all this silliness. ridiculous It's the stuff. guru stuff that we always talk about. Yeah, so after location, you know, it's about buying, we think, not just quality house, but also simple you know, you're not looking for the biggest custom house with a lot of stuff. You want to keep it as simple as possible. And, and why don't you explain to folks why we want these houses as simple as possible? Well, there's several reasons. Um, you know, first, there's a there's a level of diminishing returns that I think is important to talk about because, you know, you 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 have a $100,000 house that brings in this rent, then you have a $125,000 house that brings in this rent, 150, and then you know, once you get up to like say 200, then the value goes up and the rent doesn't keep up with it. That's the level of diminishing returns. So, so there's a ceiling. Know, there's a ceiling, you know, and here there'd be varying opinions on it. Um, I used to say, you know, it was, it was, it was just over 200. I think that's went up a little bit now. I think you're probably pushing two set 250 to 300 probably is yeah. kind of that ceiling. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that there's not rentals that work at 400,000 and 500. There are, you know, but I mean, in general, that, that, that level and tell me what you think, because I mean, it has changed. I completely we, agree. We generally don't go above, you know, 200 grand in, in, in the houses right. that we invest in. But, you know, I think that, you know, somewhere around the 275 is like where that, that level really gets out of whack. So, so keeping it simple, avoids that level of diminishing returns and we'll always, you know, uh, avoid that. But then also, you know, from um, an ongoing maintenance, you know, um, standpoint, I mean, let's face it, you know, a, a 1500 square foot, um, you know, ranch home has a lot less maintenance than a 7,200 square foot, uh, you know, two story home with a full basement. You know, it's just, I mean, that's just common sense. So, you know, you could get eight up in maintenance, you know, or, you know, also keeping it simple, you know, let's say like the, the, the house I used to live in downtown, I lived in a historic home. Um, you know, it was a, 
um, you know, pretty large historic home. And you know, very large. You know, How many you know, square feet? It was about six thousand square feet. Right. Um, but you know, you have to adhere to the historical standards, and you couldn't replace the the wood outside. And dude, you were fighting the outside nonstop. So like, I mean, you're you constantly are incurring maintenance outside nonstop. If you want it to look nice, you're 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 maintaining the outside at all times. Something right. there's a project going on. You know, so that wouldn't fall into keeping it. You know, you know, keeping it simple. Why? Because you're too lazy to do the work, or the cost, or. What? I mean, it could be it could be uh, all of the above, right. um, but the reality is, man, I was out there all the time. Yeah, you know, but but for as but, a rental, but I lived in it too, you know. But you know, it's it's yeah, it's expensive to redo flaking woodwork. Um, you know, it's it's expensive to rework um, you know window trim that was done in, in uh, the 19, early nineteen hundreds, and you have to keep it there because it's historic. You know, that historically adds a whole nother level to it. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, you know, keeping keeping it simple um, where you don't have like those historical standards um, where you don't have like a, a crazy H, uh, HOA. Some HOAs work. I mean, you know, it's good to have have that. But there are certain areas where it's 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 considerably different. Um, you know, all of those reasons, you know, are, are part of of keeping it simple. Right. Am I leaving anything out? No, no, it's all, those are all good points. Mm -hmm. You know, at the bottom, bottom line is deferred maintenance eats away at your returns. Um, you know, and you want to provide a really quality home to your tenant to keep them happy. And if, you know, you ever have to, you know, do a tenant turn for your next tenant turn, you want it to be attractive. You want to provide good housing, you know, for good quality tenants. And if you've got a house that requires a ton of deferred maintenance and is real complicated, um, then it, the, it squashes your numbers. So, you know, and, and just to repeat, because I think you made some great points in there, you know, if a $150,000 house gets you 1500 rents in rents and a $200,000 house gets you 2000 in rents, well, then when you start going up from there, say 250000 still only gets you that closer to that 2000 You know, it just falls off there. So there's a sweet spot within there. And that sweet spot is in our market and in most of the Midwest markets, it's it's below 250000 There's also a bottom that you have to avoid because they're in bad areas. Good point. You know, and they may good look point. good on paper, but so you've got this small window to focus on. You know, for us, it's... You know, say right now with the prices going up, I'd say it's between a hundred and two hundred fifty thousand. You know, if you would ask me that three years ago, I probably said seventy five. You could go down to seventy five and get lucky in some real specific areas. But um, so you've got a window to focus on. And then the next thing for folks who don't know how to calculate cap rates or, or they're just brand new to this, there's some real easy rule of thumbs just to quickly assess whether that might be a good property to have as a rental. And I think one of the, the best ones and the simplest is what the 1% rule, mm-hmm. you know, do you want to uh, describe what that is? Yeah. And, you know, it's becoming a little bit more difficult with the 1% rule. Almost but, unachievable, but, but it's a good rule to oh, understand. But it's a great starting point. Right. And, you know, basically it's saying a house that's worth $100,000 rents out for $1,000. You know, a house that you can buy for 120000 you know, rents for $1,200. Um, you know, and that's something, you know, eight years ago was pretty consistent. I mean, it was amazing, you know, how we kind of, you know, worked within that, what would you say, 7 to 
12 years ago, we kind of operated within that. Sure. Now that's kind of shrunk because, you know, real estate is super hot, but it's, it's a great place to start as, you know, as a bench, as a benchmark. Um, but you know, now it's more like, let's say a, a house that you're paying 124, you know, rents out for 1125. Uh, I just worked up a uh, few. I just worked up uh, six properties and let's see, I had two at one, two at 150,000 each and both of them rented for 1375. Now Mm -hmm. they could actually bring a little more rent, but we're very conservative in what what we um, project. But anyway, so, so yeah. But I mean, if you start with that benchmark in mind, you know, and if you had a a house that you were paying $120,000 for and it was renting out for 700, you know, it's not really a good return, right? You know, you're it, it's it's hard to get to buy a hundred twenty thousand dollars house that rents for twelve hundred these days because of you know how hot. And really, a, a better case scenario for us is say it's hard to buy a hundred and fifty thousand dollar home that rents for fifteen hundred because we sell a lot of one hundred fifty thousand dollar homes. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking at a hundred fifty thousand dollar home renting for thirteen fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a pretty accurate depiction yeah. of what of what we're seeing in Indianapolis now. You know, we have a we have a huge concentration of clients in the Bay Area. Does not apply to you guys. You know, completely, right. completely different world. Um, you know, um, the Bay Area, New York City. You know, places places like that. But I think it's a good that's a good equation to use when sure. analyzing a property because it's, it's you can yeah. do it really quickly in your head. And the truth is, you know, if if you understand that that property is going to have pretty normal taxes for the area and pretty normal deferred maintenance. You can calculate all that out and build it in and get really specific. Like we talked about at the beginning of this, I'm a data geek and I like building spreadsheets and, you know, doing all that stuff and knowing what my returns are right, but you know, before I do anything, but at the end of the day, you're talking about a few dollars up or down in that area. You know, if you wanted to keep things real simple and just kind of, you know, get into real estate and then learn it, but you want to start with a property and have a rental property. If you start with that, trying to hit pretty close to that 1% rule, generally speaking, you're going to be just fine. You know, generally speaking. I think being a geek is really what makes you, you know, who, who you are. Yeah. You're a daddy geek, but like anything you do, it's like, it's, it's, there's no jumping into the shallow end. Like, you yeah. know, you're like, you know, you're into to guns and right. You know, you, you do have a, a John Rambo type arsenal and you're, uh-huh. into, you're into kayaking and right. you've got them lined up. Right. I mean, it's, uh, you see my fishing poles in my shed. <laughs> fish, oh, absolutely. It's it, yeah. fishing poles and in your office. You're the same mm-hmm. way. You and I both believe in living at living life and diving into stuff. You know, we're, we talked about this in the last episode, but the Airbnb the thing that we're, we're diving into, we've got a little bit of experience, but we're by no means the experts. Well, what did we go do to learn this? We didn't go read or we went and bought a house. That we're we thought gonna, would work as we're an We're just going to turn it into it and, right. and learn. Right. And so that's that's a trait that you and I both have that I think has served our business pretty well. Oh, absolutely. Well. And you know, yeah. that's a, that's a, I'm glad you brought that up because we, we spent about an hour walking through yesterday. It was so much fun because we had intern in our office and a guy that, you know, that uh, is a good friend of his. They're both interested in real estate and they walked it with us and some other guys that we work with. And man, their face was lighting up and they mm-hmm. were, they, they were excited about it. And it's like, man, it's kind of cool. Cause like we, we take for granted, we look, we time in the market. We've lost some of that excitement. It was kind of good to see it. But, but anyhow, our biggest challenge out at, the, at least for, for me, the biggest challenge yesterday while out at that house was functionality. 
Mm-hmm. It's a house that was built in the 1950s. Um, just had one and a half bathrooms. The layout was kind of weird. There Choppy. was like no closets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the HVAC equipment was in a weird space, but if you were to move it, then you'd have a little bit more room to make it a, a, a two-bath place. So functionality, I think, is also a big key when trying to pick out the right, you know, investment right. property. You know, if you've got, you know, a house that is just a one-bath house, um, yeah, we, we really, really suggest at least having two toilets in, 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 in a house. You know, and if it can't, if a half bath or full bath can't be added, that's something to think about. Well, like explain the general to them layup. why. Explain to them why the two toilet thing. Well, I mean, if you have, I mean, legally, if you only have one toilet and it is not working in the house, no matter what time of day it is, as a landlord, you're required to get somebody out there, you know, ASAP. It's a good tip. Just You know, if you have two toilets, I mean, it waits till the next day, you know, from a maintenance standpoint. It costs a lot less to fix. It costs a lot less to fix. You know, it's just, it's really important to have uh, two two toilets. And, you know, from a marketability standpoint for a good quality tenant, a lot of times your, you know, your higher end tenants, they want more than one, one toilet. Right. You know, so functionality is another big uh is another big piece and man we were scratching our heads over there for a little while yesterday but you know i think we i think we got it figured out um, yeah it's fun to not know what you're you know we do we're we're almost a production builder in our in our daily realty wealth side of the business which is you know we put out turnkey properties and we you know put out volume 10 a month you know to clients and they're just they they're flying off the assembly line. We know what product, we know what materials we use. We know what we're doing. It's, you know, it's a real simple thing. When we're doing something new, a little outside of the box, it's fun to learn this stuff too. I mean, it's a blast. Oh, it's exciting. I was at home last night talking to my wife, you know, about it. And she, yeah. you know, she's a curious person, a lot like you. you yeah. know, she asked a lot of questions about it. And, you know, she's like, I mean, it is cool. You know, yeah. it's a, you know, something, you know, unique for us you know, to look at. So picking out a house I mean, can be a lot of fun. Right, you know, so so we've kind of we've we've kind of touched on, uh, you know, location, location, location. It's always going to be the most important, you know, the most important thing, you know, keeping it simple. You know, when you're talking about long term investment strategies, you want it to be as simple as possible. It really keeps the deferred maintenance down. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about, you know, what kind of returns to kind of kind of look for. We talked, um, you know, about the functionality. Um, we've hit on a lot of, uh, you know, the really key points, but I think it all comes down to then just getting out there and doing it. Yeah. That's the hardest step. You know, it's the hardest step. It's just pulling that trigger and, you know, practice makes perfect with it. So after you do one and the second one becomes easier, the third mm-hmm. one becomes easier. And before you know it, you've diversified your risk profile because if one property is vacant, it's not the end of the right. world because you've built a portfolio. And it's always that first one that's the hardest to do. And, and you're never going to find the perfect property to start with. You're just not. It's not possible. I, I have yet to find the perfect property, period. Um, and, and if you want to get yourself started, I would encourage you to, it doesn't matter if it's just an average property within all of the ones you look at, but to make it happen. It's more important to me to get the property than to get it exactly perfect Mm -hmm. because that's such a hurdle for folks you know we we, these seem like trinkets almost to me because we do such high volume but at the end of the day if they fit within our profile of what we want to buy i don't care about them 
You know, mm-hmm. they don't, none of those details matter. Certain people want, oh, I want it to be in schools is the most important part. Other people will say, well, no, I want it to be in a certain jobs market. Well, all of those things are up and down in different areas. But, you know, once you've identified kind of your profile of what you're comfortable with, you know, I just wouldn't spend so much time analyzing, um, you know, properties. I would pull the trigger is my advice. And that might seem counterintuitive, but at the end of the day, you know, getting into this is the hardest hurdle. I keep saying that because it's so true. So many people, this is very achievable. You know, people don't pick up the phone and call their lender and say, hey, I've, I've always wanted to own rental properties. Can I even afford to do that? You know, can I get them? alone on one and do it. And um, so pulling that trigger is the hardest, hardest part. So, you know, look at, look at real estate that's out there. Look at groups like us across the nation. You know, if you, if you have a lender that you've worked with, great. They're usually not the best at investment real estate. Um, Reach out to us if you need, need to know uh, lenders info who are specialists in kind of the investment world. We're happy to provide you uh, people from across the nation who are real good at, at, at this, but I would encourage you to go talk with them, get your ducks in a row, start looking at real estate, actually truly looking at properties that are available. And then once you find one that fits within that profile, don't wait for the perfect property, make it happen, you know, and it will snowball. And before you know it, you will have built wealth. You know, time is the most important aspect of investing. You know, it's not the amount of money you have. It's the amount of time. You know, Clint's buying properties for his kids. He tries, tries to do one a year for each kid into a portfolio. Well, those properties are going to be paid off by the time the kids are 18 because the tenants are going to pay down, you know, pay off that mortgage. And before you know it, he's going to have this portfolio of paid off properties for his kids. And it just, we've just seen it work um, so well if someone comes up with a plan doesn't need to find the perfect property, but finds properties within their risk profile that they like and they just execute. Not trying to get rich overnight, you know, yeah. sound investing over the long term. And, you know, what I tell everybody, because, you know, you go back, you know, I've, I've been in the business for 18 years, but, you know, it's amazing what 10 years of sound real estate investing will do. 15 years of sound real estate investing. You know, we've got a, we've got a, a one of our, favorite customers and every customer we have is, is very important. And, you know, um, we, we, we really seek to have relationships with all of them, but, you know, Myron, you know, um, that we have talked to a lot here recently, you know, when you look at 30 years, you know, of sound real estate investing right. and what it could do and, you know, like, you know, what right. a smart guy he has. And, you know, he wasn't out there to hit, you know, grand slams. He was just making right. smart decision after smart decision, had a long-term play in mind. And now, like, his, his entire focus is creating, you know, a, a, a wonderful portfolio for his children. It, he's on to the generational mm-hmm. um, aspect of, of investing, and he's on to his legacy. And it's, that's a neat aspect. And, yeah. and so I, I went to a Hamilton County Humane Society uh, charity event this weekend, which we're both big supporters of, of um, this mm-hmm. uh, no-kill shelter. And... And I went with one of our big bankers. Yeah. And um, hey, I been. Yeah, hi Ben. <laughs> and and we were sitting there talking about all kinds of different things. And I said, I said something casually about um, you know when you're in business like we are, you have to fill out these uh, personal net worth sheets every year and give them to your bank. So annoying. Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> but it's it's also 
I said something because he was talking about the different people on the board and different people who were big donors mm -hmm. there. And he said something like, yeah, but, you know, they're not on yours and Clint's level, you know, and he was kind of half joking. But I started thinking, you know, it's all through real estate that you can really, really reach wealth that's generational, you know, without that real estate aspect, you know, I, you know, I've made good income my whole life. I'm, I'm very blessed in that area. But at the end of the day, you know, it's how we've built our wealth is through real estate. You know, we, we believe in it. We put our money where our mouth is on this stuff. We're heavy, heavy holders, long-term holders of real estate. Mm -hmm. So it was I think it's a, it's a, you know, when you're in it for long-term and you, you go in with that mindset of it being long-term, you kind of, you know, excuse my language, but you kind of don't give a shit about money. Right. Um, and I think it's a kind of a unique place to be. And when people have that mindset and you don't have that mindset of, oh, I've got to, I got to bring in $500 a month to pay for this, or I've got to bring in a thousand dollars a month to pay for this. And, you know, having the mindset, like, I'm just going to make sound, you know, investment decisions and, you know, kind of live my life and, you know, you know, not do anything stupid. It just seems like that mentality bodes well to someone's real estate success. It like, you know, is. like I really don't care. I, I, I really don't care. You know, I, 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 I want to provide for my family and have, you know, some fun with my family. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I like grilling steak in my backyard right. and, you know, and right. drinking a glass of, you know, a $5 bottle of wine. Right. You know, it's not, it's not. This is life advice out there, but everybody live below your means. It makes life so nice. It, really it just does. takes the stress off. And then you can make long-term financial health decisions instead of worrying about generating income from these properties. You know, I'm glad we buy income generating properties, but we don't take any of the income. We all, we believe we're very conservative. We believe in accelerated debt payoff. So, you know, we want our cash sitting in a lot of these properties with some people. They, they say that's not the smartest thing to do. I don't care what they say. I'm not looking to drive a Lamborghini. I'm looking to build some wealth pass it on and, uh, oh, we, and relax. We, we listened uh, to something not too long ago, like the technique of refi till you die. Right. You know, and that's like suck all the equity out of your, out of your properties, um, you know, so, and put the cash in your pocket, you know, and I just, I could not disagree more. I think it's, I think it's complete buffoonery, right. you know, to take that mentality, you know, and teach their own. I'm not saying that what we say is the gospel, but I am saying that it's easy and that if you do it and you have a long-term plan in mind that the dividend, you will, you know, reap those rewards. And, you know, you always say, just do it. And going back to, you know, just do it. I kind of end on, you know, we, we used to speak pre COVID. We used to speak at a lot of events mm -hmm. primarily on the West coast, but it was amazing how many times we'd be at events and, you know, we love talking to people. That's kind of what we do. And we like hanging out with people. Mm -hmm. So, but it was, my soul would hurt because we would always get a handful of people everywhere we would go that we have seen for years. You know, they've been paying all this money to, to be part of this group or get advice or some education or mentorship programs or all this, this stuff that I, I don't necessarily believe in and you don't necessarily believe in. And they're still there five years later not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Like, why? What, your time is worth thousands mm -hmm. of the time that you got just get right. get off your, your your rear end and do it right you know, it's time yeah and so yeah. just so everyone knows we're not being snobby about this these folks can't afford to do it this isn't like well they're saving up because we would respect that if you start going with you know start planning out your future years in advance and you're learning but 
these people can do it. And it, truth is, really, you don't need to plan much to make this happen. That's a, you know, we've talked about that before. Anyone can do this. It's truly achievable. You don't have to be rich to do this. Um, so it's heartbreaking when these folks are out there just trying to learn and learn and learn and buy more education and going to this seminar and that seminar. Stop it. <laughs> Go buy real estate. Right. Cut it out. Right. Knock it off. You know enough. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know a whole lot to make this happen, especially if you work with groups like ours because you just outsource it. You know, we do all of the work for you. You just get it all in a pretty bow. So, you know, there's lots of options. You don't need to know all the answers. Keep things conservative. Buy in great locations. You don't need to overanalyze. Um, you know, you'll learn a lot on the first ones. And if you buy on some basic rules, if you buy close to that 1% rule, you should be okay, especially if you buy in a moderate market like in the Midwest, like in Indianapolis, Kansas City, you know, those kinds of places. Um, you should, just generally speaking, that should make a great little target point for you to go after. And then just go do this, you know, go do it. Speaking of just do it, hit subscribe. Why would you not hit subscribe? <laughs> But turn the alerts on while you're at it. We love doing this, and this guy is really smart. you got to be a sponge whenever he's talking because he's got a lot of really great advice. I'm just here to kind of – You're uh, the pretty face. You know, I don't know about that, but uh, it's uh, – I'm just honored to be here with you, my friend. No, it's vice versa. You know, <laughs> we, we make a good team, and when, when he talks, I listen. So I think, I think this is a great team. Surround yourself with great people. You heard it from the lion's mouth. Again, hit subscribe. We can't wait to the next podcast. Until next time, happy investing. Okay.